Hot Bubble Audio. Welcome back to the Loud Women Podcast. Guys, we are coming at you with a special episode today that I'm super excited about. Tookie, how are you feeling? Bonus content! Bonus! Guys, so we got a really cool interview for you today that I'm super, I'm super jazzed about. So uh, we are having a conversation with Miss Allie Rushfield. Uh, if you don't know her name, you 100% know her work. Uh, she has been working alongside Judd Apatow for many years. So she's totally got that awesome, like, sensibility, that Judd Apatow sensibility. But uh, she's been working on shows like, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this one, um, Parks and Recreation. It's a little bit of like an underground comedy that most people aren't familiar with yeah it's kind of a niche show yeah a little avant-garde uh right (laughs) but she's also worked on a lot of really awesome shows from the last couple of years like love friends from college uh and she is a creator and showrunner executive producer on shrill so she's sort of part of the the holy triumvirate of this show with ad bryant and wendy west so we could not get somebody who knows more about what has been going into the making of this show. So we had an awesome conversation with her this week. She's very, very nice, very personable, and uh, very receptive to some spicy questions. Yes, she was really open with us. We were really grateful to have have had some of her time um, and just understand more about the thought process behind some of the things that went into the making of this show. So. Uh, we we were able to get all of our questions answered. She was really generous with her time, and and we were really appreciative of that. Um, I'm I'm super excited for you guys to hear some of the answers. We talked a lot about uh, episode four, which we're going to be recapping on this week's episode, this coming week. Um, but that is the episode with the pool party that everybody is obsessed with writing about. Um, so we got some of her behind the scenes intel on that one, and uh, and yeah, it was a great conversation. So. Really excited for you guys to listen to it. Anything that you are you're looking forward to them hearing about, Tookie? What what did you remember most from that conversation? I just really appreciate uh, the fact that she made it a point to hire women specifically to write this show, and women who have a direct relationship to the comedy world. Mm-hmm. I think that's key, and who uh, will find the humor in a situation, but not everything about. Annie's weight is the punchline mm-hmm. of this story. Yeah, it was it was clear there was a lot of sensitivity to the subject matter in that writer's room. So uh, really interesting insights from Allie. So we won't wait any longer. Uh, guys, here's our interview with Allie Rushfield. So I'm so curious, what have the last few weeks been like for you? I imagine it has been totally insane with all of the press and the amazing reaction that you guys have been getting. Like, tell me a little bit about like how you're feeling. Yeah, the reaction has been amazing. I mean, I, I don't have as much press at all as like AD or Lindy. So I'm not like in the, I'm not like as hectic as them in any way. But just when I I look on Twitter and Instagram and and the reaction is amazing and I've like gotten emails from people that maybe I've like people I know that I maybe never have gotten emails from telling me how much they love the show and I mean 
more importantly, it seems like people that we don't know that are out there and they just like love it and it's so like meaningful to them. And that was like sort of the whole, that was the whole point, but it was like the ideal scenario is like actually happening. Were you surprised at all by that? Were you, I, obviously that's the dream, right? That people are going to really attach themselves because it's such a personal story. But were you, were you a little bit surprised to see that much of a, a positive personal reaction from folks? I guess so. Cause I just couldn't even imagine it really. But, but I think, I think it is something that, I think it is something that people haven't seen. So I, I would imagine anything like that would would hit people specifically. Yeah, it's it's so true. So is that, you know, you've been involved in this since the very beginning of, of the process. Is that part of the reason you jumped on board? Is this something that you, I, are these sort of subject matters, are these characters something that you are drawn to personally? Is, is that why you wanted to get involved from the get-go? Or tell us a little bit about that process. I mean, I... When I read when I read Lindy's book, I just was like, so because I was reading it, imagining it like turned into a show, like with that specific eye on it, and I just was like, this is this is a this is a wor- a person that you haven't seen in this way before who deserves to be seen in this way, which is like just a fat woman living her life and the things that come up, you know, like there's so much, so much emphasis when there's a fat character on like the dieting and the changing and that this, this isn't that. It's, it's so refreshing. And that's something that Tookie and I have both talked about at length as, as two women who are both on the plus size end of the spectrum. It's so, it is so absolutely refreshing to see a character portrayed that it, it isn't about her weight. It is obviously that's a piece of it, but she's just going about her life, living her life. Um, you know, we, one of the things we talked about in our most recent episode was the way that you're portraying sex on this show and sex with a fat woman is so revolutionary, uh, in the way that you're just not shying away from it. And it's not a, it's not a joke the way that you're portraying it. And, uh, I think that means a lot to a lot of people to see, to see A.D. Bryan's character actually like getting it on and having a, having a good time and not being the butt of a joke. So is that, is that something that you guys were thinking about consciously as you're putting that together? How, you know, this is a little bit different from how we normally talk about fat, fat people, specifically fat women on television and entertainment generally. Um, as far as the sex, yeah, I think that was like always really important to A.D. Like, I, I don't think I'd ever even thought of it about it because um, if I come from like the Judd Apatow world of com- comedy writing, that's like where I started and that um, that just you just approach every scene like how could there be a joke in this? And to her, it was like really important that there wasn't, you know, like that it was like a sexy love scene in a genuine way, not, not playing for jokes because, because of how fat women and sex scenes have historically been played for jokes, you know? So I just, I just had never really thought about it that way. 
Yeah, it, it really came through. I think the balance of, of, you know, it's interesting to hear you say that, the balance of the, the Judd Apatow type joke, joke, joke comedy. Uh, and, and Tookie and I have been talking about this a little bit, how we were we were expecting that. And we definitely got a little bit of that in some scenes. Uh, but there is so much, uh, there's such a genuine touch in so much of the dialogue and the characters and the way they're portrayed. It's, in, it's done in such a sincere way. So it really, this I think that's part of why the show is resonating with so many comedy fans too, is it really is appealing to folks who like those different different types of humor. Uh, obviously, Ad and Lindy are both incredibly funny, but I think I think I, they they put they put that touch in of like the real kind of dramatic moments more than I did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that's it's it's a really good. It seems to be a really healthy, balanced partnership that you guys are both bringing. You're all three of you are bringing so much to the table. Uh, so I'm curious a little bit about the the casting process for the show. So I know AD was involved from the beginning. Uh, her fingerprints are all over the show. It's really cool to see moments that are very obviously coming from her mind based on what we know from her characters on SNL, et cetera. Uh, but were there any other roles from the beginning that you were really certain of somebody that you wanted to be in that role? You know, you have such iconic performers in the show, like John Cameron Mitchell. You've got Daniel Stern, Julia Sweeney. Was there anybody specifically that you knew from the get-go, I would love to have this person or this type of person, or was it sort of a, a developing process as you went along? No, it really was a developing process. The only person uh, we kind of made the part for the person was patty harrison oh and she is so funny she is she is totally off the wall i love her she's so good and that uh ad was like i know this person she's so funny we should try to get her in there somewhere like i think we always thought she'd be in the office somewhere and so there wasn't really that character before there wasn't that character at all there wasn't like his assistant until until she came into it. Like she was the only person who auditioned for her part, basically. So to continue on with casting choices, a lot of people seem to really love the Fran character. And Lindy West's memoir was sort of a solo adventure. So where did the decision to add Fran into the main cast come in? And was it a conscientious choice to make her a woman of color and also lgbtq so it just you know like a book you can do an internal story and uh, a tv show you need other characters to like show what even the main character is going through and also show like different lives around her yeah she was so that's why we thought of the character is just like who are her friends who populates her life and mm -hmm. yeah she was always supposed to be uh, uh, lesbian of color like that was always her that was always the way the character was thought of but then uh, then we found Lolly who like kind of embodied it in her own way like just brought brought so much to it of her own personality and style of acting Absolutely. and also AD and Lolly like love each other so much tr in real life so that like helped everything you can really see their genuine friendship come through on screen as well and i think people just really fell in love with that character in addition to 80s character so i'm curious so the the process for this show was really abbreviated right so you only have six episodes but you also have 
you only, uh, my understanding is you just shot it over the summer and most of the writing and work was done over the summer. How, how was that different than other shows you've worked on it? Did it feel like sort of a, a rush to the finish or, or what was that summer like for you guys? Yeah, it felt, it felt fast, but I mean, it was six episodes. So normally it probably ended up being the same kind of time frame as a show would be that was six episodes. But uh, it just, just like because she went back to SNL, it like it couldn't go over basically. So it had, but no, it didn't. It didn't actually. Ultimately, it felt like enough time, and it didn't feel. It was more rushed. Like, like we didn't have that much time when we heard it was going to happen. Like it just went right into it. Oh, so you guys got sort of the green light, and then you had to hit the ground running right away. Yeah, that was that was more when it like hiring writers and getting a office and hiring director. Like that was the sort of rushed part of it. But there was enough time to write it and all of that. Once you guys were there, I think everyone was sort of following along on Instagram, and uh, it looked like I it looked like the the coolest, most productive summer camp that everybody would want to be a part of, uh, based on what everyone was seeing on the internet. It looked like such a cool process. It did have that summer camp feel, but I felt like I was like being the bummer of the person that kept telling people not to Instagram anything that would tell what was <laughs> happening in it. <laughs> Like, Lindy took pictures at the pool party just of herself and her friend that was there, but and the writer of the episode, but not of the whole scene, you know? So this is a bit of a spicy question, uh, but uh, are there plans to film another season over the summer? And uh, given how positive the, the feedback has been in terms of the way that you both adapted Lindy West's memoir and made the show its own thing, how much of the next few episodes, if there are going to be any, will be based directly on the source material and how much of it will be original? I, we don't know about a season two yet, so we're just waiting to hear from Hulu mm-hmm. to see if they want more. But um, I think now now it's probably just the show is the world of the show and the story of it has taken on its own life. And I'm sure because Lindy's involved, there'll be stuff from her books, but but probably probably we'll just keep going in terms of what's happening to the character on the show more than what was going on in the book. I mean, the yeah. book was sort of like the or- origin story of the character. There's so much hunger for those stories, too. I think everybody is, everyone's chomping at the bit for more. That's one of the, the prevailing themes that we're hearing from the conversation online is everyone's so excited about this representation that they're getting for the first time. And there's so many more circumstances, all these little things that have never been portrayed before. There's, there's so much more that people want. So I think there's a, there's a huge volume of, of situations to, to pick from. And so hopefully we're, we're definitely hoping for a a second season. So we're cheering you on. (laughs) So, uh, so shifting gears a little bit. Um, so I'm a really big fan of some of, some of the other work that you've done. Um, and watching the show, I, I think it's really clear how your fingerprints were on this show, but also shows like love, uh, which was on Netflix recently. Uh, when I was, I was thinking about Annie and Ryan, their relationship compared to relationships between like Mickey and Gus, who were the the primary characters on Love. And, you know, the one thing that really stuck out to me is like 
everyone's kind of a mess, right? All these characters really are trying to figure out their lives. They're sort of, uh, they're fumbling through being adults and and getting through the day. Um, And I was just curious, like, is there, do you find yourself when you're working on shows like this, do you find yourself gravitating towards those types of characters that are really deeply imperfect, sort of messy characters, messy storylines? Is that something that is fun for you to sort of sink your teeth into? Yeah, it is. Because I think, I think if you, pick any random person and did a show about them, they would probably be perceived as a mess. <laughs> that's true. So I think it's like really, really the way that it is. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess that's the, the Judd influence is that working, working in his world where that is what happened and then extending that when I did my own thing. But yeah, I like, I like some messy characters. They're, they're fun to watch for sure too. And it's, 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 you know, Judd does a really good job with those messy characters. I think there's a lot of those tend to be male dominated. So it's really fun to see you pull that that messiness into more of a female world. And so we get to see what that looks like in a in a female protagonist and, and what her life looks like when it's it's sort of falling apart a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, on love, I, I was really into the relationship between Mickey and Birdie, her best friend, the women's relationship. Yeah, they had a really deep, you know, you don't, you don't see a complex relationship like that between two women on television a lot. And I think maybe that's what Anne, what Annie and, and Fran are shaping up to as well. It's it's not just the, the best friend sidekick. It's a much more complex look at uh, what that the well-rounded three three dimensional view of those relationships look like. So uh, that's a really interesting point as well that I didn't think about. So one of the things we talk about a lot on the podcast is um, how it's obvious that Shrill was written and produced by a lot of women. So uh, you, you can just tell by the way the characters speak to each other uh, and, and how they act. So is this something that was important to you as you were building out your writer's room? All of the writers were really funny and all of them come from the comedy. All of them come from the comedy world. I mean, Sam Irby is an essayist, and but a really funny essayist. And then Sudi the writer who comes from SNL and then Dave King and Craig DiGregorio are both have worked on various comedies for many, many years. So everyone has a comedy background. Um, I guess the three of us just wanted to like get people that we thought were, would be best for the show. And it sort of shook out that it was mostly women like five women and two men. I mean, it was important to have women involved in every, everything in the process. So in that, in that vein, you know, the stories that you guys are telling that you've told so far this season, they're so, so vastly different from anything that we're seeing on television right now. The storylines are just, uh, just so refreshing and that's why people are latching onto it so much. So, do you feel optimistic that the the crazy success you've seen of this show will continue to help push the industry forward to sort of evolve this leading lady tip this prototype of a leading lady that we see on our screens? Are you optimistic that the show is is helping create space for that type of character? Yeah, I mean it must it must it must be. I I would say things happen slowly, but it would must it must be effective that you see eighty representing just your regular young woman in her 20s that you can now you know casting will go towards that direction if a show is is well received by people 
I would, I mean, I would think it would help. This show really helps to humanize women of a certain size to a lot of people. And I, I think it's, it's just a lot of people are picking up on the importance of that and hopefully more casting directors and people in charge of production will uh, follow suit. One of the one of the things I, I had to ask you about while we had you on the phone is I think one of the episodes in particular that's really resonating with people and, and everyone is talking about is episode four with the pool party. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about this in the press and sort of how impactful this this specific episode was to to fat women to plus size women i was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about the thought process that you had to bring in sort of the right folks to direct that episode to shoot that episode why this sort of fantasy land type of vibe was so crucial to you just just sort of as you were putting this episode together what were some of your thoughts behind it and uh, any any behind the scenes info you could give us would be amazing about just the shoot and what what that day was like for everyone um i mean we chose shaka king to direct it because he's just so um i mean he's very good with actors and has a great sensitivity but i didn't necessarily know that till i actually worked with him but ahead of time just everything he's done is so visual and artistic and so this had to be like like someone has to have like a vision of what it's supposed to look like visually. And we had like a concept of the look of it in just like a very vague way. But we just basically told him like, do, do go with it and do what you think should be done in the way that it should be shot. And then the production design team came, came up with it once they found the setting which I always thought it was going to be like sort of a shittier location than it was. Like it was ended up, it was supposed to be like a hotel, but it was actually like a country club. That was really, really nice. So it ended up, it ended up being like a much nicer, like fancier setting. And uh, yeah, it just was amazing. I mean, one, I guess a couple of inside things is that, it was like more of an expensive episode just because of all the visuals and stuff and extras and all of the stuff that had to go into it. So at one point it was suggested that like, can you just skip the underwater shot? Cause I guess that's really, really expensive. And we were all like, no, we can't. Um, so there was that. And, uh, and I'm glad that we didn't skip that. And then there was also, I think that was the only episode because there were so many people there and it was outside. So you're like fighting the time of the sun going down that we didn't get to film something that we had in the script, which was, I always, I was always obsessed with the scene, which was just, it was just a tiny scene of Annie talking to other women there. And it was sort of like you come into the middle of an argument about whether it was like someone had a Miss Piggy tattoo and it was whether Miss Piggy was good, good or bad for the fat community as a representative of the fat community. Oh, that sounds like an amazing, amazing conversation, but you could bring that back in like another later come another. Episode. Yeah, that could, that could be any, that could be anywhere. Where do you land on the debate? I don't know, because I always thought she would be good for 
fat women. And then Lindy would point out that she was like, you know, always like this horn dog chasing <laughs> after Kermit in a pathetic way. And that she was actually a pathetic character. This was the conversation. And then it was like, well, she's French. So she's like a well-rounded character. I don't know. I don't know where I land. Answer. <laughs> I think I think I have to just be. I just have to be pro Miss Piggy, just historically. I love that. Well, I'm so sad that that got cut, but I I feel like that could make an appearance in season two for sure. That is a a very good, well-rounded, healthy debate. <laughs> uh, so. Allie, that's all we have for you today. I just wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk to us. Uh, you know, on behalf of myself and, and Tookie and all the people that we have listening to this podcast, this show means so much to to women and uh, to all sorts of people. And so just thank you so much for taking the care and taking the time to make such a, a beautiful show. And we're really hoping for a season two. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. And long live Shrill. <laughs>